Future Steven and Sarah here. When we recorded this episode, Bob Chapek was still in charge of Disney. But as we all know, Bob Iger has stepped back into his role as Disney CEO. I don't think that changes any of the discussion that we have in this episode, unless there's a major shift in approach. So keep that in mind and enjoy the episode. What does the recent layoffs announcement mean for the future of Star Cruiser? Let's discuss. Welcome to Princess and Scoundrel, where we take you along our scrappily ever after from fantasy land to tattooing and everything in between. I'm Sarah. And I'm Steven. And we are talking about some not great news that's come out recently. Uh, it's not very pleasant, I guess. Not happy and happy. <laughs> <laughs> we try to keep it like light and bright around yeah. here. But I think it's something that because we talk about Disney it's something that I think we need to talk about and yeah. have a discussion, like not try to avoid this, you know, elephant in the room type of thing. Right. Uh, but recently, I think it was a, may have been leaked or it, it was a memo from Chappic to the executives that there was going to be a hiring freeze and layoffs. Layoffs? Po- possibly, possibly layoffs. <laughs> That's what I wanted the <laughs> I intro know. question to be, but... Uh, you said no one's going to know. No one's going to know. It's a 10-year-old reference. <laughs> so if you guys know, leave it in the comments. <laughs> tell us about it. Uh, but no, there was it was um, kind of saying that there was going to be a hiring freeze and layoffs. And on top of that, we were getting price uh, ticket increases. Yeah. So when this episode comes out, I don't think the increases will go into effect. It goes into effect December 8th. But annual passes are going up at Disney World. And price ticket prices are going up but even beyond that they are doing park specific pricing for single day tickets <sighs> so if you are just going to go visit one park for that day you're not doing a hopper there is now a specific price based off of which park you're going to go to and one of the things that we want to I, I wanted to make sure we said is like we are not like financially sound oh, or God. like not, not financially sound but not a finance podcast like right huge disclaimer like put in the youtube video just like like this is just our theory of like what we think how like it could affect the parks and our beloved uh star cruiser but that's something that i wanted to make sure that we kind of put out there because in doing this there was kind of the research that i started doing was looking at these other uh channels you know youtube channels of disney that they talk more about finances and one of the interesting things that I found out was Iger got us, got Disney into kind of this mess. <gasps> Not yeah. my Iger. Well, it, it, and it was because, and that's the same thing. I was, I was like, really? Because Please, everybody liked Bob. him. And it was because like of the acquisition of Pixar, Lucasfilm, uh, Fox, mm. uh, and, and uh, I'm trying to think Disney Plus. Like th- these were all like big ticket items that happened during this time. Big expenses. Big, exp- big expenses. Yeah. And I think that the difference between him and Chappic right now is he was so well-liked. So he was spending money and, you know, making everybody we happy. We loved him for it. And now Chappic has to pick up that mess. Yeah. And again, I don't know the guy personally, but he's in charge. He's the one having to make the decisions. And if there's a hole, he's got to fill it. Right. And right now, that's where I think we are not too happy with these 
increase of increases of tickets, the hiring freeze, you know, possible layoffs. Like it's just like not a win-win right now. Yeah. It's tough. And the question that I think I really have is why do we care so much when Disney raises prices? Well, you know, I think one, it currently it's, I think whatever Chappic does, no one's going to like. Yeah. So Again, that I think that's the hard pill to swallow is like who's giving us that bad news. Right. Um, the other big thing that I see is the price, the ticket price increase didn't come what it felt like incrementally, like it was Netflix or something. For the longest time, it was five dollars, and then it moves up to eight dollars. Ah, I use it all the time. Let me, I'll, I'll pay it. Right. Moves up to 10, you know ten, fifteen, you know whatever it is now. You know, I, I, it, I'm not to the point of. You Remember, don't pay that bill. I don't pay that bill. <laughs> um, but it, it it didn't feel incrementally. It it was there, pandemic happened, and then it came back and it was just a ticket. And before you used to get fast passes, you used to get magic bands, you used to get uh, transportation from the airport. These these were all things that were included in that For ticket. Free. In that, I mean, we felt like they were free. Yeah, but it was just part of that ticket. Where now you have Ticket increase, single day ticket increase, uh, reservations, lightning lanes, indiv- you know, genie plus uh, individual lightning lane prices. Um, you got to pay for your own trip. Like it, it just, you feel like you're getting nickel and dimed, and these were costs that again you didn't pay for before. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think the other thing is one Disney is the largest company I feel like there is out there, but we all feel an emotional connection to Disney. And I was watching that new um, movie that came out on Disney plus the story of the mouse yesterday. And the whole theme of it is how we feel emotionally connected to Mickey. We see ourselves in Mickey. It's very relatable and everything that Disney does is so relatable. So when Disney, it's almost like being in a relationship, you feel that strongly bonded to Disney. So whenever they do something that makes you feel slighted, you get your feelings hurt almost. You yeah. you have a strong reaction to it. It's not like if Nike raises prices on shoes, there's not this uproar like we see with Disney. And that's a big difference is that they're selling magic. They're selling emotion. They're not selling you a product. They're selling you an experience. And so that's the thing that we have to overcome is Disney is a business at the end of the day. They're just really good at selling you on making you feel good. I, I mean, I, it, when you, when you say that it, it's one of those things that kind of, you know, hits you in the head. I was like, Oh man, like it, there is an emotional. And I think that's with most things that again, that you care about, there's an emotional attachment to it. And with us, you know, we talk about Disney, we talk about star cruiser. So do you think that, Star Cruiser is going to be closing. <sighs> okay. Let's clear the air a little bit because there are rumors out there that Star Cruiser is closing. And as far as we know, at the time of this recording, there is nothing official. The sky is falling. The sky oh is falling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there is nothing official saying that Star Cruiser is closing, but there's reels and TikToks and blog posts and YouTubes out there saying that it is and that it's a huge failure. Just, just a gentle reminder. Anytime you see something like that, just go go check some official websites. And like, I honestly, I feel 
honored because I've, a lot of people come to me and they're like, is this true? <laughs> no, it's not true. But I mean, I feel, I feel good that people come to me and ask me these things because I do obsess about Star Cruiser all the time, but no, it's as far as we know, no, nothing is happening with Star Cruiser. I'm actually consistently booking Star Cruiser now more so than I was this time last year. And I think that's the crazy thing is it has only been open for seven months at this, at the time of this recording, it's only seven been open. Months. So it really hasn't even had time to, I think, fail. There's like, no trend so far. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have, we don't have a, you know, a March 2023 to compare to March 2022 yet. Yeah. We're not at that point. So people are just, it's the newest Disney thing. Everybody wants to just bag on it and scrutinize it and just rip it apart. And it's, it's not fair. It's still so new. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, there have been a couple of voyages where there were, there was low attendance yeah. and they went down from two dinner seatings to one dinner seating because of the low attendance, which means that they were under 50% capacity. But I think what happens is people take that news of, Oh my God, they're down to one dinner service. This is it. It's over. You know, everything's, everything's terrible. It was a couple of voyages. It's not the norm, but here's why I think that happened. So when Star Cruiser bookings first opened last year, they booked the, the dates that you could book were March through September of 2022 of this year. So the prices were set for those six months of, of booking. Then the next set of dates opened, which was Q4, October through December. And the base price for Q4 went up by $1,000. It was almost 20% increase. Well, and this is what we had talked about. Like, I feel like Disney raised the price thinking it was like a normal resort. Like it was a holiday resort. It was holiday, like your holiday theme. Yeah. And they really, it shouldn't, you know, and I guess they're anticipating the uh, holiday travel uh, crowds. But again, it's a new venture. I don't, you know, I didn't think it was a smart move. Mm -mm. Uh, but yeah, it, it's one of those things like it's it's a an entity on its own. You can't really compare it to a poly or to a contemporary where you know that there's going to be an extra amount of people traveling. It's frustrating, right? Because the price went up so high. And I think they also were looking at how well it was performing when bookings first opened because it sold out and it was sold out for the first five months initially. You, if you wanted to go, you couldn't go until like August or September. And then as we moved through those dates and people were going on it, it was still booked out two, three months until we got closer to those Q4 dates. And now there's, it's available. And I think almost every date right now in 2023 is available. Doesn't mean that there's only one room booked on each of those. It just means there are rooms. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's the thing to, you know, when it first dropped, there, here's like a small cup that, you know, if it got full. Well, now they, you know, opened up the next year. Yeah. So people are able to, you know, you can spread pick out their, when you want to go. Because yeah. remember when it first opened, everybody was like, soon as possible. Yeah. Soon as possible. That was it. Yeah. Or they're like, I'm available anytime in these two months. <laughs> you now, tell me when I can travel. Yeah. I used to have to ask people like, okay, give me your top three voyage dates. And I will do my best to get one of them. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, when do you want to go? You can go. You get to plan your vacation instead of letting Disney tell you when you're going to do it. But so Q4 prices went up and then 2023 dates have opened and the pricing for 
January through September, so Q1 through 3 of 2023, is pretty much the same price as we saw for those dates in 2022. They didn't they didn't take that $1,000 bump and keep going with it. They were like, okay, wait, I think maybe we priced it too high for Q4. So let's let's go back to what we were. They bumped it up like maybe 5%, which is, that's average, right? That's like a normal inflation increase. So I think they, they realized what they did with, with Q4 and they've, they've gone back on that. Well, and then one of the things that you were telling me about recently uh, was at the IAAPA. It's like the, uh, it's like amusement parks, it's international. Like a, we're not going to guess ex, what it is, it's but it's expo. amusement parks. Yeah. yeah. It's an expo <laughs> for like all amusement parks and it has all these things, but they actually star cruiser won an award for innovation. Yes. But in the little blurb that's on the Disney parks, because everybody has such a hard time explaining what star cruiser is. And we read this and we're like, Oh, that's, that's the best we've heard. So it is the revolutionary vacation experience. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser was recognized with a Theo Award for Outstanding Achievement. It's the most immersive Star Wars experience ever created with an integration of physical, digital, and live entertainment elements into one cohesive story that plays out over the course of multiple days and nights. I don't think there's any better way to say it. Yeah. I mean, it's a mouthful. It's not like <laughs> I'm going to remember that when I explain it to clients. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. It's well said. But no, I don't think it's closing anytime soon. But the other thing is now that we're moving into 2023, and like you said, we don't just have this, you know, six months of booking up. We've got, now we're going to be a year and a half into it by the time like September 23 comes around, which is what we can book through. We've gotten through that initial wave of the curious travelers and like the super diehards because when it very first opened up for booking, it was club 33 and golden Oaks members that were able to book and they booked up all the suites for that first six months instantly. Now, when we see each new booking window open, there's more and more suites available. So we know that those people are kind of like, okay, we're big fans of Disney and like anything new Disney does, but they've done it. And they're maybe not like it was cool, but not for them. So that's the other thing to keep in mind is that there were so many people that were just curious about what this experience is. But what we're also seeing is, and I don't know that Disney anticipated this, is repeat clients, repeat customers. And we're guilty of it. Yeah. Big yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that's something to take into consideration is that people have gone and they've absolutely fallen in love with star cruiser to the point where they are booking future cruises, but they're not going to be booking cruises every single month or once a quarter. Like maybe you can a Disney vacation that's more affordable. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the same, you know, sentiment with the ticket prices increase. Like if we weren't annual pass holders, it would be like, that's more of a consideration to like, can I go, this many times. Yeah. So it, I think that kind of goes hand in hand is like people are having to really consciously think, do, can I go as much as I wanted to go before, or I was able to go before now you're having to pick like, okay, I, I, you know, now those two trips that we used to take, will make it one little bit longer trip. Yeah, that's fair. Given that we have seen some voyages with lower attendance, what do you think star cruiser can do to future proof itself? So uh, there's always like, oh, it's going to close type of thing. And I, I think this is a venture that it's, they're not going to close uh, Star Cruiser. Um, it was an, I do see, I, I do imagine that 
uh, it was a theory that I saw or kind of an idea I saw on, on one of our Facebook groups that they could see Star Cruiser being maybe having two voyages on a weekend, you know, not on the same time, but, right. you know, like a Friday, Saturday, a Sunday. Like instead of it every other day, it's maybe taking off like the middle of the week. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's only occurring like, you know, beginning. Four days and, a week. Yeah. yeah. Four days a week. Uh, or five six days. days a week. Oh, anyway, yeah, five, two yeah. voyages a week. Two, va- two <laughs> voyages a week. But basically two voyages a week. And Again, we're not an economics <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just to kind of get, have less voyages. That way there's not less, um, they're less than full voyages throughout the week. And those la- those two voyages are more full. Yeah. Supply and demand, supply right? And, yeah. Like so less supply, more I, demand. I, that's something I could see happening. But I think you would be, you know, cutting yourself short. If, if Disney was doing this, they would cut, because there was potential for the entire week being filled. Right. So, I, I mean, that's, that's an option that, that when I heard it, I saw it, I was kind of like, eh, it's, it's interesting. I could see that. It's, I could see that. But the other thing is I see more of my clients booking on the weekends also because it's easier to fly in on a Friday and start a cruise on a Saturday or fly in on a Saturday and start a cruise on a Sunday, given that. And then maybe they might extend that full week into a Disney vacation. But for the most part, it's weekend cruises. So do I want to see Star Cruiser go down to less voyages? Absolutely not. But would this be a way to help cut costs without cutting into the experience? Yeah, yeah. it would. Because I don't want to see them cut anything from this experience. Yeah. If anything, I want them to just do more. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that kind of goes to my like kind of second thought is if we look at DCA, you know, California Adventure, when it first was built, it was designed completely different, right? It was that homage to California mm-hmm. and it wasn't getting the attendance that Disneyland was getting. Right. So what did they do? They changed it up, put some Mickeys uh, and, you know. Slap radio, a Mickey on a Ferris sl- wheel. Slap a Mickey on it <laughs> and it, it started doing better, right? And so I could see them maybe adding a different or creating a different story in there or adding more characters, trying to, you know, modifying it in a way, but it's still keeping that same, you know, two day experience, two night experience. Yeah. So not changing anything about it other than what's going in and then just adding maybe another event or something else that people feel that there is that value there. Yeah. I, I could see that. And I think the other thing they might do, if you look at, DCA as a as a case study what they had to do was fan service right they had to bring in the IPs they had to bring in familiar faces to draw people to that place I think there's a lot of Star Wars fans that aren't crazy about the sequel trilogy as it is but they do like Mandalorian they like Book of Boba Fett maybe bringing in some of those characters somehow weaving them into the story so that you're seeing more familiar faces I could see that being a way, but I just, I wouldn't want it to detract from the story that it is now and how special and personal it feels now. I don't want it to become like just meet and greets all over the place. Yeah. And I think that's why I personally don't think that it would ever become just a hotel because if it became a hotel, each, the sublight lounge, 
Crown of Corellia, lightsaber training, the bridge training, all these aspects of Galaxy or uh, Star Cruiser would become reservations. And there would be no reason to stay on Star Cruiser. Same thing goes for characters that are, you know, walking around and they greet you and they remember your name over two. Because with a hotel, you could be there two days, one day, five days. There's not going to be a story there. No. So that experience is completely diminished. And you're not going to be spending that much time there because you're going to be going to, to the, the parks. parks. Yeah. And so the other part of it is the character. Again, the characters are not going to know you personally. There's not going to have an, an emotional connection to it. So you're not going to feel that. No. With the dining, they're going to change that where you could go eat whenever to a reservation system like a BR guest or. Oh, yeah. Um. You know, it would be it, just like be our guest. Yeah, I mean, where it's like quick service, but they bring the food out to you yeah. at lunch, and then it's like a sit down service. At, yeah, and at I think dinner. the dinner time they would have like you know the, the dinner shows type Gaia of thing. Gaia performance. Yeah, but you don't know who she is unless you have this experience. Right. So normal park park goers, normal Star Wars fan, are not going to be like, oh my gosh, it's Gaia. Right. But yeah, I guarantee you, there's no podcasts or. YouTube channels that are so obsessed with like the Polynesian resort <laughs> as they are with star cruiser yeah, because you feel emotionally connected to it. Well, and that's it. So and I may, I'm asking your expertise on this Ooh. is if you were staying at the poly, do you have preference to go to Ohana? Because that could be something too. Is like, what if you're staying at star cruiser and you can't even reserve a dinner right or reserve a sublight lounge that is where uh, that's another thing one of the best parts was you know my best you know memories of star cruiser is being able to walk in sublight lounge and you know sit down on hollow sabak if it was like ogas where there's just a huge line like that atrium is just going to be full of people waiting to go into sublight yeah so to answer your question officially on record no, I don't think that there is preferential treatment for people that are staying at the resorts. However, I have seen that if you are staying at a resort, you're probably more likely to get reservations at that resort. But Disney IT is just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. it's They like to keep, there's like that wall of illusion. <laughs> oh my thing. gosh. But yeah, it's the other thing is like, look how tiny sublight lounges. How many people do you think that seats? 30, yeah. maybe 40? I mean, it's less than Oga's. But you have say a maxed out cruise of like occupancy. I think it's like 350, 400 people vying for 40 seats in sublight lounge versus the tens of thousands of people that go to Disney every day vying for those 40 seats. Yeah. It just wouldn't be fun anymore. Yeah. It's like hyperspace lounge on the Disney cruise on the Disney wish. They tried to have it just like a bar where you just walk in and they, I th people it was, packed it. It was like on the media cruises. Yeah. They were like, well, that's not going to work. We have to go to a reservation system. So, and then it's one of those things you have to go there as soon as you get on the ship and go reserve it because if not, you're not going to get. So I think, I think that's the biggest reason why I do not think that Star Cruiser would ever become just a hotel because they're with, with having the experience that it is, there is that kind of like you said, that emotional attachment that comes with it because there's, you, you kind of have this free reign of that whole playground and you take that all away there. It's not, you know, it's going to be all gone. Yeah. And I think with that, 
if they were to diminish that experience, that emotional experience that, you know, we, you know, we have felt and others have felt to please or to try to get even more, I think you're going to lose the people that actually enjoy it or that yeah. would have enjoyed it because that you're trying to just change it, you know, so you're going to change it for n- nobody. Right. Yeah. By trying to please everybody, you please yeah. nobody. And I think it, there is an emotional, that's what Disney does best yeah. is they make you feel this emotional connection. So if you're a Disney fan and you've, you're going to the parks the first time, you see the castle for the first time, the Disney world castle, <laughs> sorry. But if you're going and you're going to whatever park it is, that is your home park, which is typically the first park you have gone to. And you see that castle for the first time and you feel that just like, bam, like emotional connection to it. Yes. You feel that when you see the millennium Falcon for the first time, but when you experience star cruiser for the first time, it just like, it grabs you by the heartstrings and like, it does not let go because you feel like you are in star Wars. Star cruiser is to star Wars fans. What the castle and the parks are to Disney fans. If we change that and we take star cruiser away from what it is now, we are missing out on all of these future opportunities to have other immersive experiences, not just for Star Wars, but for other franchises as well. So this has to succeed. Star Star Cruiser has to succeed so that we can have more experiences like this. Well, and I think that was, again, more onto that award that they won. It was an award that there was no competition for. Yeah, <laughs> fair it, enough. <laughs> so, but that's to tell, like, there is not an experience like this. As much as people, like, oh, it's a horrible experience. It's like, you have, like, those people I feel that say that it's a horrible experience did have not experienced it. They're just getting it secondhand and trying to quantify it just by, like, what you're getting. And what you, know? you, what you personally yeah. know. But because so, it's brand new. It's- but there is nothing like it. And, if other companies see that it doesn't succeed, they, they see Disney, it not su- succeed with Disney, they're not going to attempt it or they're, it's going to change to something else and their version of it will be diminished. So I think it's something like one of those things we, it, I feel it has to succeed because if not, we won't get other experiences like it. Yeah. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> but I think- it will. And I think just right now because of the recession and because of all of these announcements and then these rumors that just get started, it freaks people out. And I don't think there's any need to be concerned for it right now. Like we said, it's still super new. It's it's super new. So we don't know much about it yet and how well it's doing. Yeah. It's super new. So a lot of people still don't understand what it is. And then, I mean, the recession doesn't help, but. There's many factors to why it's just hoping that it does, does better and it is able to survive. I think that's, that's our main hope. I think from, for me, for, you know, hopefully for you is it does, it is able to survive whatever, you know, comes at it and it continues to be an experience that everybody can enjoy. Look at you ending it on hope. I feel like that's how we end like half of our episodes is. We just, we bring it back around to hope. We always, need like a, always. We need like a tagline. I, I always feel like that farm boy looking onto the oh my gosh binary sunset. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a good place to wrap this one up. So if you have any thoughts on what you think these announcements on the hiring freezes and the layoffs mean for the Disney parks and for Star Cruiser, 
If you're watching this on YouTube, leave us a comment and let us know. Princess and Scoundrel is part of the Thank the Maker Network. So make sure you go check out the guys over at Thank the Maker and Mike Forster at Armor Party. Thanks for hanging with us. Until next time. Bye.